Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Fulhamish is back for the season by Ladbrokes. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fulhamish podcast. We are your independent voice of Fulham FC and today we'll be reflecting on back-to-back wins in the Premier League for Fulham. Who would have thunk it that on Saturday Fulham got their first away victory in 365 days. So some more positive things to talk about on today's podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you had a wonderful Easter weekend and uh, if you if you spent the Easter weekend in the UK, then it would have been in glorious sunshine. And I'm joined for the first time in absolutely ages by Don Betts. How you doing, Dom? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. I'm going to say just about recovering from Bournemouth, but that's definitely incorrect. I mean, it was a pretty messy day uh, in Bournemouth on Saturday. We'll come on to that. But lots of people, uh, including Nathan, who sent this question on Instagram earlier, are wondering how was the infamous trip to Hong Kong. You were there for a good two and a half weeks and um, you certainly posted about it on social media. Yeah, I mean, you know, I thought I had to pad the Instagram to uh, make to, so it wasn't just uh, full of ways and building the way with, with a Benazir around put in the middle. So no, it was, it was good good to get to Wade. Not good, nice not have to care about football for a couple of weeks. You bumped into a few Fulham fans out there, didn't you? Yes, yeah, so I was at the Rugby Sevens on the first weekend I was there, first weekend of April. And uh, yeah, so I bumped into one Fulham fan who recognised me from the pod, who was also a friend of a, friend of a friend, uh, who, knew, who we sort of knew each other anyway. And then, yeah, met two other random Fulham fans uh, in the stand when I had my Fulham flag out. And uh, yeah, they, they spotted it and I found them, who I actually recognised, but not from Fulham. I, I didn't realise they were Fulham fans. All right, well, uh, let's crack on and have a look back at Saturday's game against Bournemouth. Uh, uh, some three-word reviews, uh, lots of them coming through. Marisa Cardoni, cherry-picking Fulham. Uh, Marty Ward said that was inflating. Uh, AF of, of this parish, Mitrovic squashes cherries. Uh, Matthew Gold away, cherry popped. Lots of uh, cherry puns uh, in here. Uh, LB number 11 FFC, Scott Lay's claim. We'll come to that in a bit. Uh, Matty Man, a bootiful victory. Do, do we get that one, Dom? Boo, B-O-U. Yeah. All right, full. I, I thought I was quite clever from that. I was thinking man. Kamara for a second. I was like, no, it's surely got nothing to do no, with him. No, nothing to do with uh, Abu Bakar Kamara. No more glaring misses for him this weekend uh, from what I've seen. Uh, but the winner, and, and what is probably going to be the title of this podcast, uh, White Noise. You all know White Noise if you're on Twitter. He's basically uh, the oracle when it comes to Fulham Twitter. The Bournemouth Supremacy. Which which is wonderful work, and received a, he received a lot of credit on that, rightly so, from other Fulham fans on Twitter on Saturday. So there are your three word reviews. Uh, just before we get into the game, uh, just to say this season Fulhamish is backed by Labrooks. Uh, you can download the Labrooks app and play one two three. It's a free game where you have to predict three correct Premier League scores. Get all three right, and you win one hundred pounds. Get just one right, and you win a free two pound bet. 
Too correct for a free £5 bet. Terms and conditions apply. So, Dom, uh, we went down to Bournemouth in the sunshine. Uh, we were on high spirits after a good win against Everton, which you weren't there uh, to see. And, yeah, we hadn't won away in the league for 365 days. It felt completely apt that it was the right time for Fulham to to pop that away cherry and that and that's what we did. Yeah, we're fr- from the from the first whistle really. We it, we looked confident on the ball. Bournemouth didn't look at the races, which you know, going away to Bournemouth is, uh, is, is a tough place to go. You know, they 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 beat what well, they beat Chelsea there was it four nil four one. So you know, it, it is a tough place to go. But you know, we looked very very comfortable. They didn't really look like they were threatening us. Obviously, people when we when we got to the end of the game and we were holding on, you know it. You, we were nervous, but then we were also like, well, they haven't created anything really much in the no. entire game, apart from the save from Sergio Rico. Really, is the only chance I really remember. So I, I, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was surprisingly comfortable. But yeah, it was the weather just totally added to the uh, the situation as well. I mean, I am gutted. I am absolutely gutted. I had a ticket to go to Bournemouth on Saturday, and I had to sell it because family thing last minute, and um, it was a real shame because it was just completely typical that the sunshine was beaming down but i'm very happy for those uh fulham supporters that went down because it just looked like a wonderful day out don what, what was the atmosphere like in that way end yeah i mean i, I went we had i had it i had a couple of drinks in town but then i headed straight, straight up to the bell which is right by the ground but did you go down on saturday or friday i went down on friday afternoon okay. well, i say friday afternoon i got there for like, lunchtime friday and had, had a good had a good day out on the friday and then yeah the saturday came and you know everyone was wearing their hawaiian shirts and their flower necklaces in the bit in the massive beer garden in the bell yeah whatever whatever they're called (laughs) i don't really know what you call them put on flower necklaces because it's a necklace that's what it is it's it's a necklace with flowers yeah yeah, it's very little um so yeah and then everyone was having a good time in the beer garden before the game then we walked a a weird walk to the ground because obviously fruit is a massive park yeah it is quite odd the walk to to dean i mean it's not quite bishop's park but i mean i'm I'm really gutted because my only trip to bournemouth was that one on boxing day a few years ago and it teamed it down in the car park afterwards i got absolutely soaked so i mean typical that the one time that i went was was when it was leathering it down with rain so what was your precise attire union jack polo shirt shorts uh, and our trainers I was going to bring the Union Jack bucket hat and Union Jack sunglasses um, but the Union Jack bucket hat needed, definitely needed a wash after the holiday and the sunglasses yeah I thought nah it's only be 22-23 quite cold for me right just didn't fancy it he spent, yeah. the, he spent the last few weeks in Hong Kong it was uh, it was just a little bit chilly on <laughs> yeah. Saturday um, the lineup was pretty much as expected uh, Seri came in for Tom Kearney and Adoy came in at right back for Fosu Mensa, who's picked up uh, what is quite a lengthy injury and I do feel a bit sorry for, for Timothy after he managed to get himself back into the team and it's such a shame for a young player like him to get another knock back so hopefully he recovers quick even if it would be of no real benefit fit to Fulham in the end. Uh, Seri coming in for Kearney, who obviously um, his, his Mrs. Abby has, has given birth to a baby boy called Aubrey. So it's not acceptable. What? You don't, you, you don't, who looks at a child and thinks Aubrey? Right, okay. <laughs> like, like, where, where does that, where, I don't understand the thought process there. But, but are you happy for Tom? Yeah, yeah, it's just the name is just unacceptable. Okay, fair enough. He, um, and, and his middle name's Thomas. Obviously, would you would you name a child after yourself? Would you name your child Dom? I'm not a narcissist, so no. Right, okay. Um, so yeah, congratulations to Tom <laughs> and Abby, despite Dom's glowing endorsement there. Uh, John McElserry came in, and we looked 
pretty comfortable. I think first half Bournemouth were on top, I, w- I would argue, but never, as you say, looked that threatening, really. No, they had, they had the ball and, you know, I th- and yes, they had possession, but they weren't really doing much with it. I mean, towards the end of the game, they sort of just... They, they just put it on as many forwards on as they could, but that hardened them even more because then they had no midfield to, 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 to get the ball to the forward. So, yeah, it was relatively comfortable. I thought the team was was, was performing w- w- well as a team. And I think the, the shackles are sort of off. You know, the players, there's not pressure. Now we're confirmed to be going down. I think the players are, f- are sort of free to play their game. And they're not sort of tense and in positions and playing the football we saw sort of in in, in sort of spurts this season you know when we played Burnley and we tore them apart in the second half against Brighton you know we, we've seen it in stages that we can play this football but um, yeah it was it was great to see especially in the blaring sunshine on but Anguissa are just such a powerhouse in the middle of the park and just something that we've been lacking all season and whilst Callum Chambers has done an admirable job in the middle of the park and continues to do so we've just missed someone with that dynamism in the middle and his energy up up and down the pitch. I mean, he's become a fan's favourite, literally, pretty much since the time that you left the country. Yeah, I, I mean, we, you always saw the potential there with Anguissa. He was a very sort of raw talent, but but you know, we, you don't pay thirty million pound for a nothing player. You know, he, there's definitely something about him, and he's been and he's shown that in the last month or so, which has been great to see from Zambo. And you know, when he has someone like Chambers next to him, who can just sit back and allows him to play that box box shot. We we said this a lot of times on the podcast this season that he's not a holding midfielder. He's not he's not a person who is going to come in and be a Premier League level version of Kevin McDonald. But he was a player who to replace Stephanie Hansen in essence because he's that box box type player you know from Marseille last season had Luis Gustavo behind him he would just sit back and allow him to play like he is now and we're finally seeing that and if we can keep hold of him which I think we might do next season it's going to be vital to the way we're going to play Do you think it's all down though to just oh we're down now and the pressure's off because part of me does just think that this 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 side under Scotty Parker just looks so well drilled and organised and you know playing without pressure doesn't necessarily maybe enables you to be a bit more free in an attacking sense, but it doesn't normally enable you to keep back-to-back clean sheets in the convincing way we have. Neither of the games against Everton or Bournemouth, but yeah, they've had a couple of decent chances, but it's hardly been a backs-to-the-wall effort. What's he done in defence and midfield in order to shore it up quite so much? I think he just he just had a balance really. If you if you look at our defence and look at our whole our sort of deeper midfielders in the team, you know, you have Rico in goal, Adoy, Lamarchon, Reem and Brian, Anguisa Chambers, you know, if you're looking at the system we've played the last two seasons, I know it's been switching from a four two three one into a four three three at certain times, but you know, it's it's very similar. You know, you've got Brian and Adoy who are bombing forward. I thought Brian was actually really, really good on the weekend. The amount of times he was making that inside run off the wing and being allowed the space to get in I thought it was very very good you know you've got Reem and Lamar who can both play the ball out the back you've got Dennis Azoy who's played right back before and he can get up and down the line you've got Babel and Cessna looking to attack I think it is just very it's, it's a lot more balanced whereas a team under you know in Slav at certain stages and with Ranieri most of the time it didn't there wasn't, wasn't that balance there and I think you know the, the respect that Parker gains from these players and he gets from these players is, is only going to help that and you know I think you know they, they look like they're enjoying their football again when they haven't looked like they've enjoyed their football since about about September, October time. This is an interesting one. Now that Parker seems to have found some balance in this side, um, seems and, and quite a few of the players that were struggling to adapt to the Premier League look like they have just about risen to the level. Let's say it's same side, Scotty Parker next season, we don't make any signings, but we're still somehow in the Premier League. Do they survive? No. 
I do think the transfer business was unbalanced. If you look at, I think the defence would would have to improve. I think you know, yes, we've shown we can keep clean sheets and we can get these three points, but you know, I think there there are still improvements to be made. I think we maybe would give it. We'd be still in with a shout of staying up, but I think we'd still be in and around where Cardiff, where. Brighton are, but we, we we you know you never know you know it just it because you know Bab if we wouldn't have Babel from the start of the season necessarily if we're taking the same season again or but, but I more meant no you know you can keep Babel but every player that played on Saturday is available and we're in that system and we don't have that adapting period that we had to undergo this season which you know cost us points because I still believe a game like Crystal Palace we wouldn't necessarily have lost that in the first game. Although actually you look at Palace's away record this season and actually wonder, was that such a terrible result given the way they've been so impressive away from home? But I I don't know. It just feels like this Fulham team has finally grown up a little bit and understands what is necessary to get some results in this league. And even the results against Liverpool, Chelsea, and more to the point, the performances in those games, whilst we lost, it showed a maturity that we know how to, play in the Premier League yeah I, I do think though if you look at those top six games I think there is the pressure is off in those games because you're not expecting to get anything I think but yeah I think this team if you were to take the situation like you said I think they'd be more competitive but I don't know if they would have stayed up well let's come on to the goal we scored Dom and it was a penalty won by Mitrovic it was it was clumsy really from uh, the Bournemouth defender I'm completely forgotten which one it is now um Oh, Jack Simpson, who made the contact on Mitrovic. And actually, good moment for Mitro there because he's missed his last couple of penalties for Fulham. He, he missed against Oldham in the FA Cup as well. Um, but he, he looked pretty calm, slotting that one home. And that would give him a little bit of confidence for, for the next pen, which hopefully he won't miss next time. Yeah, I think, you know, it, uh, it's, I think it's soft, but it is a penalty. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's it's sort of just yeah, as I said, clumsy defending from Simpson. But yeah, he he stood up. Obviously, I didn't see this goal. Um, we're still in the concourse. Wait, you didn't see the goal at all? No. But you knew it was a penalty. Yeah, but I want I need to finish my drink. Hang on, hang on. I fully understand when you miss a goal and it's like five minutes after half time, and there was no way you would have got up. But once you realise there was a pen, it's not St James's Park, and you have to run up eight flights of stairs. Didn't you then go back up the stairs to watch the penalty? No, I just thought I'm gonna finish my drink and then, and then go back up. You are quite something else. Oh well, I mean, for, for your sake, Dom, it was he tucked it into the bottom. I saw the highlights of the match today, and. Uh, yeah, and but Boric dived the wrong no, way. No, to be f- a lot of people did the dive straight into concourse, but I was like, I've just started a new drink here. I'm going to have to... I can't just leave it. <laughs> so you just stayed there. What, was there not even a TV screen? Um, no. So I just go... It was just like old school, wasn't it? Just uh, like waiting, for the, waiting to hear where it goes in or not. Right, okay, fair enough. Well, just adding to the amount of goals I missed. After that, fr- from what you saw, um, how did... Fulham responds there was a little bit of a barrage for, from Bournemouth but nothing really of, of note I, I was watching it and I never really felt I just didn't think we were going to lose it and and that's quite a rare feeling with, with Fulham where I normally yeah, I think, expect I us think to what helped it. us was the home fans were getting so frustrated but I understand, I understand why because if you look at how, how well they've played against some of the big teams at home this season they, they expect to beat a team like Fulham and yeah I think that that is what helped us as well because the team were full of confidence and we were looking to we were on top and you know Sessionon did come close before Rico did make that save and you know it, then it went over to the Mitrovic challenge was, was it Nathan Ake which is yeah he was a bit lucky there wasn't he 
Yeah, I think it would have been a harsh red, but it's it... a harsh, it's a harsh red, and it's. I was on Ref Watch on Sky Sports News earlier this morning, and I was watching it, and I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, as a Fulham fan, you're going to say it's not a red card, but I think it, you can see it, why it could have been given. But at the end, of the day, I think it, a yellow card is probably fair on the challenge. I think, I think they're both going for the ball. Well, it's lucky from Fulham's perspective that it was given as a yellow because it means that no retrospective action can be taken. Um, by the FA. But you look at that Bournemouth side and, and like it's a really impressive attacking lineup that they have, isn't it? Really, you know, the midfield of, of David Brooks, who's a brilliant young midfielder and he's in the young player of the year PFA nominations. Gosling's a good player. Lerm, uh, Lerma was bought for a lot of money. Fraser's potentially off to Arsenal. And then you've got Wilson, who I again think will probably get a move to a top six club this summer. And, and Josh King, who whilst hasn't had a good a season this year you know has, has been exceptional for Bournemouth for, for a number of years and the fact that we, we held them off I think is just a really good sign ahead of ahead of next season yeah it was it was it was, it was great to see that we could hold our own against a team who are who've, who've done very very well in the league this year obviously you know there was there, there's been some reports that you know our Bournemouth fans get get frustrated with Eddie Howe which is which is crazy which I was reading on the weekend mm. on this on the Sunday after the game which I think which I think is absolutely crazy but you know they 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 they, they did bring on they did bring on lots of Dominic Solanke they did bring on lots of a list is it Musse Musset whatever is <laughs> I think it's Musse yeah whatever whatever his name is and yeah so they were just throwing the kitchen sink players wise but it just totally disbalanced the team yeah they could have done bring an Emerson Hyman on, mate. He would have changed the game. Is he still there? Yeah, he was an onion substitute on the bench. My words, I've kind of forgotten about him. What what bad move that was for him. Just ahead of his time, really. He'd done a few good performances in the championship, but he was getting into our team pretty regularly. Yeah, I was really, I was a big fan of him, so I was really disappointed when she when he left. I was probably more disappointed when he left than when Dembele left, because you were expecting Dembele to, yeah. to go. Whereas Hyman, I was hoping he might have signed that new deal. But yeah, for us, it was, it's quite. It wasn't. It was comfortable, but obviously we were still worried because it's Fulham, and if you, you know we can just slip concentration every whenever we can. But it would mm. get great to get that first away win. Oh, another another a second away clean sheet of the season now. So we, we Arsenal still do have the least amount of away clean sheets in the league. Yeah, we need to make sure, make sure they get that record, not us. Yeah, precisely. So, uh, but yeah, it was great. It was great just to make sure we don't have that worst ever away record in the Premier League. But it's also I th- I think the last couple of wins for me, Dom, have just given us a little bit of humility back because there was a point after potentially like the Leicester game and you knew what games were coming up Liverpool Man City where I really was worried that we were going to go down with a horrific points total we already had the indignity of um, getting relegated so early but we only need a couple more points to better what QPR went down with a few years ago which was 25 I think that uh, Derby have the record for the fewest clean sheets in the season, which was three. So we've managed to avoid that. We've just we've saved face a little bit just with this little flurry um, of of wins, which is which is nice for me. And then um, after the game, uh, all the players came over. Looks like a looks like a brilliant moment in, in the away end again. Just and uh, more chest bumping from Mitrovic. Yeah, it was uh, it was great to see all the players come over the end, especially the, the celebrations with Mitrovic and Sessegnon, both both looking really really happy. I don't know how um, Ryan Sessegnon was wearing like his Under Armour stuff or his base layer stuff. I was like, yeah. how are you surely are absolutely yes, roasted. I noticed that it was weird. Yeah, and then obviously Scott Parker came over and he he was he was enjoying the to, uh, to not, not just celebrating with the fans as well. So it was great. It was great to see, and then. 
yeah, it, it, it finished, and then you're like, oh, we've, we've still got the rest of the day left here in Bournemouth. But it was it was great to see everyone, you know, the relegation party in full swing. Everyone's having everyone was having a good time, and yeah, it was a great day overall, really. Couple of questions, one not so serious, and one a bit more serious. I'll start with the non-serious. What was your favourite inflatable of the day? My favourite inflatable of the day. Did the inflatable Jesus come along? The inflatable Jesus did come along, but he got punctured. Oh no. <laughs> Um, <laughs> on on Easter weekend of all weekends as well. Yeah, well, it maybe maybe it resurrected itself on Sunday. Oh, well, there we we hope so. <laughs> Very good. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, the Jesus. I just like, like a good palm tree, like a good inflatable palm tree. Yeah, can't fantastic. go wrong. Now, next one is a little bit more serious and a very apt debate, particularly with what's happening at, at Man United. I think, but. Is Scotty the right man to take us forward next season? There's no doubt that his case will have been strengthened massively from two impressive wins over you know, an Everton side that thrashed United yesterday and, and has beaten Arsenal and Chelsea in recent weeks. Looking at their recent matches is quite funny that they've beaten Arsenal, Chelsea and Man United without conceding a goal and then they went to Fulham and lost 2-0. Um, and a, another impressive victory against Bournemouth away from home. You You wouldn't bet against Fulham adding to that with a couple more or at least one more victory between now and the end of the season. Is he the right man to take us forward? Um, I think comparative United is a bit different because they're, they're in a totally different situation to us. But I think if you look at credit... More the fact that a caretaker being appointed... Yeah, but if you, I think if you look at uh, Darren Moore from last season, yes, I know he got unfortunately sacked this season, but when he left West Brom, they were third or fourth in the table in what do you put it in, like February or March. If we were in third or fourth in March with Scott Parker at the helm I think that would be deemed a relative success so I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be offered the chance of job full time because I can't think of anyone who pops straight away I'm like yes I'd rather have him rather than Scott Parker yes there's options which we've discussed in depth in previous podcasts with with Jack and Ben naming every Spanish fourth division assistant manager of the under eighteen side, um, but more like world class European predigree managers who are. I mean, I love Jack and Ben to bits, but I was a little bit like, is is um is Tedesco going to come to Fulham? I'm not a hundred percent sure, but yes, um, I know what you mean. I mean, let's say though, someone like I don't think he would be available, but let's say um, a Benitez was available. You had the choice now. You stick with Scotty Parker or you give Benitez the job. I just, I just think Benitez is just unrealistic. I don't know why, why, why you'd leave Newcastle to come to Fulham. Well, more so, money for one. Yeah, I, I, still, I still think for him it'd be a step down. Yeah, I mean, I, was, I wasn't necessarily saying we've got a chance of getting Benitez, but, you know, um, a Lee Johnson, a David Wagner, all of these... Lee act- Johnson, of all, although obviously he comes really come from a Fulham family, right? I, I don't... He wouldn't last... Because we wouldn't give him, we wouldn't have the patience that Bristol City have had him. Because he's a very streaky manager. If you look at his form, yes, he's done really well at Bristol City in the last two years. But I think that you know, I don't know if he, I don't know if he'd last because I, I think the, the poor, poor runs he goes on, the Khans might just snap the fingers. If you think about it, in the Premier League, we have had six managers in two seasons. They're not exactly the most pa- most patient managers. But you know, Parker at the moment, there's no reason why he shouldn't be given the chance. Mm. I just worry so much with with caretakers being given the job permanently because I just think that it's not that it's easy to go on a good run when you're caretaker manager but I just think there's a huge world of difference between going on a run when you're caretaker and then getting the job full time and then almost having to start again replicate it no one's playing for their futures because they know that this is the long-term manager whereas right now it could be Scott it could be someone else and they are kind of 
they're playing for whoever's going to be the next boss and i can't think apart from gareth southgate one successful caretaker manager come permanent manager in england in the last 20 years yeah i just what my my issue with it is i think coleman's probably the most successful yeah and but also one one thing I think you need to look you need to look at is like there there is no one who stands out, and then you're taking a, a lump on someone. You t- you could be taking a lump on someone who doesn't have experience within the league, and I think or even with English football, I think that is a problem with bringing in certain managers from abroad. Mm. So I think that they don't they may not Bielsa was obviously a bit different because he's you know seen as this idol of Pep Guardiola and Richard Pochettino. But if you look at some of the managers coming from, I don't know, Spain, Portugal, etc., they haven't experienced the championship. Do they know really what it's like? I know you could argue that every the one season we did really well when we got promoted, Scott Parker wasn't at the club. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like For me, Scott Parker's ma- made watching Fulham enjoyable again and not a chore. So, I don't know. I'd like to see him be given the chance, I'm being honest. Mm, okay. I, I, I am yet to be convinced with with Parker and just the general gist of of giving a caretaker manager the job because I was also impressed with Kit Simons uh, when he started out. There's a question on that uh, in a little bit. So um, we're going to take a bit of a break and then we're going to discuss all your questions up next. Fulhamish has teamed up once again with Beer52 to offer you guys a free crate of craft beer. Just go to beer52.com forward slash Fulham and all you need to do is pay the postage and packaging which is $5.95 and you get a free crate of eight delicious craft beers from all around the world. There's no minimum commitment you can just buy the free case try the beers and see what you think and if it's not for you you can pause or cancel anytime so go to beer52.com forward slash fulham and claim your free case today hello i'm lucas piazon and when i'm not winding up reading fans i'm listening to fulhamish podcast hello and welcome back to the fulhamish podcast sammy james here with Dominic betts hello 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 it is beautiful weather isn't it oh, top At- top bins mate absolutely gorgeous although going by the forecast it's back to normal next weekend it very much is back down to earth i don't Um, i don't i don't want to do them after wear trousers for the first time about a month so (laughs) um so on saturday just a quick nod to it we're not doing fulhamish extras anymore for the rest of the season as i as i may have mentioned in the last podcast just because uh doing big previews of games when we're relegated does just seem a little bit churlish but quick it's the jazz richards derby though well it is the jazz richards derby but still potentially not worth a podcast. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know how we'd sustain in a chat more than maybe at 15 minutes. And even that'll be a push. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but we're playing Cardiff on Saturday. There is potential that they could go down, depending on Brighton's results away at Spurs, uh, which is tomorrow night as we speak. You'd imagine they'll still have a chance no matter what the result is, though, because given Brighton's current form, I can't see them going to the new Spurs stadium and, and getting a win. Um, it's a weird one, this. Fulham Cardiff's turned into an almost rivalry over the last few years, hasn't it? And there's a lot of Fulham fans who uh, will be very up for the game, even more so than normal. Yeah, I mean, you know, anything to stop Neil Warnock... Because if he's if 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 he does keep Cardiff up, I think he's in with a shout. Very likely a manager of the season. I think it is manager of the season if he if he keeps Cardiff up. I think it's more of an achievement than Liverpool in the league. So you know, but I don't want them because I can't stand Neil Warnock. I don't like Cardiff because they're Welsh. 
but why is it turning why has it turned into a rivalry is it just the the conflating styles between I, the two sides i think it's just to do the tribalism of what football and football is really i think you know you always get these weird rivalry rivalries that people don't really know why they exist but they do and this has become one of them i think it is to do the contrasting styles the, you know i think it, it, the england versus wales aspect does come into play as well so it, it's going to be it's going to be a good game that their fans are going to be right after it, our fans are going to be right after it, after two wins and two clean sheets on the bounce so yeah it's going to be it's going to be, it's going to be a good one but yeah it's it, this is because it's probably been the least trying to the battle to stay up probably has been the least interesting thing about the Premier League this season you know yeah, it has. The, the title race has been phenomenal the race of top four seating right up with you know Arsenal Chelsea Spurs um, United you know you've got the race even the race for seventh place is, is very very tight as well yeah. and, and I mean the race for seventh place obviously is futile if Watford somehow beat City in the FA Cup final yeah, but I think you know, and with all the English teams doing so well in Europe, I think they, the 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 race for relegation has probably been the most boring it's been for quite a few seasons. Because it's only one place left for up for grabs, and there's still three or four games left of the season. And barring a very very good Cardiff turnaround, you imagine that Cardiff will be the team to go down. Although part of me thinks for the recent performances, Brighton don't really deserve to stay up. If it didn't come into the fact that we're not we don't like Cardiff after what happened last season and everything. Purely away, based on away day, would you rather Brighton went down? Um, Cardiff's a good away I, day not, too. No, though. it's good. I just we've been in the same division as Cardiff every season since thirteen fourteen. Can we just have just not have a year without them to go Cardiff? Well, the only way is that they stay in the Premier League. Yeah, exactly. And you know, <laughs> if you know Brighton, Brighton is a good away. But like as I said, it's a lot. We we lucked out actually this season. We got Brighton away and Bournemouth at such good times. We had Brighton away at the right beginning of September. That was short weather. It was but we had Bournemouth away on Easter weekend. That was short weather. So uh, you know, for me, yeah, I'm not. But I, I don't. I'm not really bothered who stays. We haven't got really, We haven't really got a trip like that this season, have we? Next season, I can't think of any kind of seaside clubs that might come up unless Portsmouth. Get promoted. Yeah, it's not quite the same. Yeah, Pom- I, I can't quite see Pom again. I think I, 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 I just don't see they will. I don't know. You could uh, go to the River Ware when you go Sunderland away. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, no. I, yeah. It's it. The seaside away is always good fun, especially when it's good weather. But you, you got to remember there was times we've had Brighton away in like November, December, and it's just been grim. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not bothered really who stays up. Obviously, it, I'm at, if I'm looking at it logically, I'd rather Brighton stay up because it means Fulham would be probably have beaten Cardiff yeah and I think that's the more important thing now you know I'm more about our seasons for us just about ruining other people's seasons so well that that tweet that you may have seen go round at the weekend was was absolutely genius did you see this Dom Stabilo FFC uh, I think he's received a lot of love for this tweet Fulham are now essentially the loose horse at the Grand National just ruining everyone else's season I, I, I love ruining Wonderf- I wonderful love- analogy it's brilliant it's just pure shit house at it's finest <laughs> Like ruining other people's scenes is, is just, it's just brilliant. Now we are, our destiny's been settled. It's just nice to ruin everyone else's season and they have to experience a bit of pain like we've had to do all season. Like it was, it was great speaking to some Bournemouth fans after the game, even in, in the pub after, just like, yeah, we, you, how, they're like, we can't believe we lost them, but we got a lot of praise actually from Bournemouth fans about our fans. They said a lot of them were saying it's the best they've seen at um, the vitality this season, which is which is nice to hear. Like our fans can be quality when when they want to be and when when we're winning and when when the sun is shining. But yeah, for me, I think yeah, ruining our people's scenes is gonna be nice. I, I wouldn't I, I, I wouldn't mind Mitrovic just hatchery against Newcastle on the last day. That'd be quite nice. Yeah, exactly. Just to rub salt into the wound. Can Fulham win five in a row? No, um, is the answer to that question. But it would be great if we did. I guess that Wolves. Like, I mean, you know, that Wolves game. Is you know, 
yeah, I, I think Cardiff and Cardiff and Newcastle are both very mm. winnable. I, I said like I was expecting to lose, I don't know, three one or three two at Bournemouth on, on the weekend and I said if if we won Cardiff and Newcastle, I think that would probably be enough for Scott Parker to make a, a really strong claim to get the job on a full time basis. Three home wins uh, in, the, in the last three home games of the season. And yeah, Wolves are always gonna be tough because they're still in for fighting for that seventh place after they got knocked out in the FA Cup semi finals. So but yeah, it should be three really interesting games for next same season because you know Wolves like to attack, we like to attack, and you know uh, it can't be more grim than Wolves away last season. So it's not easy getting up to Wolves, is it for for that? No, game? so there's no trains going from London Euston that weekend, so you're gonna have to go get the train from London Marlebone up to Moore Street, then go across to New Street to get the train to Wolverhampton. Is that? Is that an effort, or is that actually not that? Bad? No, it's not that bad. And to be fair, the uh, the new Chilton trains actually are quite nice. So. Well, that's what we did last year, wasn't it? When we went up to Molyneux, we had to go up to... Well, I, certainly I went up via Birmingham. That was more so we could drink in the Briar Rose, though, wasn't it? Yeah, so you, you, there is a direct train that goes to Wolverhampton, but there's not really many pub options in Wolverhampton unless you fancy going Pot World um, <laughs> at, like, three or four in the afternoon. So, yeah, it, yeah. so you want to go from London Marlebone to Moore Street and just go across the New Street and get a train to Wolverhampton. But I'd recommend drinking in Birmingham and then just getting a train uh, across a bit later. Can we take some... I, I think we're going to go to Wolves. Can, I, I'd love it if we could get the inflatables out again, just purely for a selfish reason reason so that I, I don't feel feel left out I have proper yeah fun. I just I just think Bournemouth's a bit more attractive option I know than it is I know it is I just have fear of missing out that's all all right let's do some questions uh this season the the, uh, the questions on Fulhamish are backed by Putney Pies uh, the finest pies in all of the land get 10% off your food on match days by quoting the code who ate all the pies so uh, the weather's the weather's getting a bit uh, less cheery on Saturday maybe you need something to warm you up uh, before or after the match head down to Putney Pies say who ate all the pies just as you ask the bill you get 10% off your food mention Fulhamish as well um, it is very good grub uh, down there on the bridge okay so and we've gone to Instagram uh, for most of the questions today. Normally we get questions in via Twitter, but thought we'd change it up and um, ask the Instagram followers for, for some questions. So a lot of them are to do with Parker, which we've answered already. For instance, Lorcan Moore said, after these back-to-back wins, do you think Parker is the right man for next year? Dom is a definite yes. I'm very much on the fence. Uh this is something we did briefly discuss earlier, Dom. It's from George Roster, friend of the pod. Based on away day potential, which cl- two clubs do we want promoted along with Luton? So if you look at League One at the moment, uh, Portsmouth, um, well, they're briefly in second as we speak because they are currently beating Coventry, but Barnsley are in kind of the driving seats for that. Actually, not necessarily because I forget that there's a game in hand, but it's one of... Portsmouth, Barnsley or Sunderland to get the other automatic promotion spots and then the final playoff spots are between Charlton, Doncaster and an outside shot for either Peterborough or Coventry but probably your other two playoff teams are Charlton and Donny so two out of two out of five there who would you want? Uh, I'm gonna go with Donny just because I haven't been before, so it'd be nice to get a new tick on the new grounds because there's not there's not there's not many. The Keep Moat Stadium. Yes, I was like I was, it was quite un- easy dra- easy train as well. Yeah, great train up to Donny. You know, I did, I've, I've never really been to Donny. I've been to Donny Station in the pub by the station, the yeah. railway. They sell VK, so that's all you need. Well, I I am a bit of a local expert for Donny because that's where my family are all from. So. Sammy would be, be taking everyone round. Yeah, I, I'd be, I'd be showing the sights. Don- I'd be, I'd have to go for Donny uh, purely for that. All my family are Donny Rovers fans, so um, they would give me a bit of grief about that though if Donny won, which is the only downside. Yeah, yeah I think that's in the other team. If we, I'm, I, I don't think Charlton. I think 
there's too much going on still behind the scenes at Charlton. They've had another very, very good season. But but who more more for who is you like rather well, than like I don't know, like I love but I love I like Barnsley away, I like Sunderland away. It'll be not having three if we could you know, Sunderland and Middlesbrough are two northeast aways in one season would be great. I, just, I don't know, maybe maybe Pompey, just because we haven't done it in a while. I've done I've done Sunderland multiple times, done Barnes done Barnsley twice. So I'll just say Pompey just for something a bit different. So you're gonna go for Donny and Pompey as yeah. along with Luton. I think I'd plump for the same. I wouldn't as you say though. I mean, Sunderland for me, I know it's a, a northeast trip and that's good, but I find the stadium of light a little bit uninspiring. So Barnsley or Charlton would be good for me. Not done the Valley. So I'd, I'd quite like to go to yeah, the Valley. I, I, yeah, I don't, Is it I, a good away day? I'm not, I don't know. It's just, it's, just it, like, it's a bit of a pain to get to because, you know, it's just, I mean, it's still South London, but like you have to go into London then go back out. Mm. Um, Charlton's Chal- Chal- fine, but I'd rather much have... Donny, Sunderland, Barnsley or Portsmouth so but uh, yeah Donny I want to say just for the tick of a new ground and to be fair yeah, with the other three I'm not really bothered I, I, I don't know any issue, issue with either of them I say you know Portsmouth first priority then Barnsley then probably Sunderland Okay, this one is from Best of Fulham FC, which is actually a massive Instagram account. They've got thousands and thousands of followers. Um, who would you rather keep, Mitro, Sess or Kearney? So presumably you can only keep one of them, Mitro, Sess or Kearney. Who's most important for next season? The least important is Kearney. The least important? See, I would say the least important is Sessignon. No, I think... I, I don't know. Like, Kearney, he's our captain... And he's great, but I think out of the out of the, I, he'd be like the one who isn't in the equation for me. It's between Mitro and Sess. I think you then go. I'd say Mitrovic from a footballing perspective because you know how hard it is to get a goal scorer in the championship, let alone or even in any division. Really had to get a good goal scorer. You know he's going to get fifteen, twenty goals for you in the championship. So and then Ryan Session on. I just want to. I'd want to keep on a sort of personal level just because he's full and through and through and I like it's great to see players who come through our own academy and he, and we saw how well he's done the last two seasons but you know there's only one year left on his contract is he going to sign a new deal if he doesn't if we don't sell him in the summer then it looks like Dortmund are going to try and nab him on a free transfer in January and then the conversation will be a lot lower because it's going to be you know from a team who's abroad so I'm going to say most important to Keith's probably Mitrovic. Uh Chris Hart. Will Ream and Lamarchon work as a centre-back pairing in the Championship? It seemed to work on Saturday, so I don't see it why it wouldn't. Um, Lamarchon, I do feel he, he's harshly criticised. I think he has he is a good defender, and you know I think maybe a year in the Championship would do would do him good. You know, Ream we know solid in the Championship. I don't know if they can work as a duo. I do feel at times they're too similar. I think mm. it's you know I I do like having a left side of centre back and a right side of centre back but you know they looked fine on the weekend so who knows I mean I'd like to see it given a try but I do but then you know I do believe that you know Reem or Mawson or Maxim Lamarchon or Mawson is probably a better option uh, might be related this Harry Prowse what is your favourite Fulham chance at the moment probably Maxim Lamarchon just because I, I came up with it so right anything else any other worthy mentions particularly yeah, there was, well, there's a new one going around um, the Vitality on the weekend, which is uh, playing Luton on a Tuesday night. Queen's Park Rangers are fucking shite. What a feeling, what a night. Oh, very nice. I mean, I just enjoyed saying Queen's Park Rangers are fucking shite for, all, all, for the entire day. <laughs> but Because um, they are. I mean, they could even... We might not even have to play in that season. They could go down. 
I mean, that would be quite something. It would be phenomenal. Down, wouldn't it? Um, at least that was, that was one thing about relegation last time that was absolutely devastating was the fact that Queen's Park Rangers came up when we went down. At least we know that neither that nor Brentford uh, is a possibility of happening. And actually, uh, given the fact that Brentford are playing Leeds this afternoon, viva la Brentford. Um, so a couple more questions from Instagram, then I'll head over to Twitter. Um TXM Green 93 are players only performing well to get a transfer to another Premier League club it's quite a cynical view cynical view but you can understand you, probably yes because they ought to put they are putting their careers first you know Jean Michel Seri I can't see him planning training championship next season you know I think you know they do realize that they do have an, uh, an opportunity now to put themselves in the shot window because you know if, a lot of when a lot of teams are looking at players, I do look at the teams who got relegated. So what you do on football manager, you look who got relegated, look who's a little good players to steal from them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, th- I think some maybe are. If you look at someone like Seri or you look at someone like Rico maybe, because he's not going to get back into Seville side. So, and, and, and I think next season it will just be... He was brilliant, by the way, on Saturday. We didn't mention that. Well, you know, he, he, caught, he, caught, he caught the ball one once. So yeah, <laughs> great performance from him. I think some players are, but I think some players are just enjoying their football again. Yeah. Uh, a couple of people have asked similar questions, so shout out to Ollie3 on Instagram and also Tom Pound on Twitter. Uh, kind of similar questions, so I'll read Ollie's. Given Mitrovic's recent comments, what do you think the chances are of him staying with us next season? He, oh, oh, he's given away all the right signals. If we're comparing what how Mitrovic is looking compared to how Sess is looking at the moment, mm. it looks like Mitrovic wants to stay here next season. He says he's well, best fans in the world. He's, he's tapped the badge multiple games in the last month or two. You know, it, it did certain things. There's certain things he's doing which, for me, seems like he wants to stay here next season. Which I find that quite mad. I like not knocking it. I, I'd love it nothing more than Mitrovic to stay, but. He will have offers this summer, I, if not from the um, from Premier League clubs, then then abroad. And we know that there was a Chinese club that that came in big for him in, in January. But I think a big thing for Mitrovic isn't just playing at the highest level. He likes to, be, he wants to be happy somewhere and comfortable somewhere. And I, he, he's very, he seems to be very happy and comfortable at Fulham. He seems to like it here, and I, I think that's one of the main things. Is you know, yes, you could be you could be offered your dream job wherever but if it was in somewhere you wouldn't feel happy and you wouldn't want to be would you would you take it probably not no i just think it's very very interesting considering there will be premier league interests this summer and and whilst i'm i know i know fulham fans are the better, better fulham, fulham fans are the greatest in the world but i'm sure he'll enjoy crystal palace fans or everton fans if he went there particularly those clubs i just think that they could turn his head if they made a big offer yeah, I think he want. I think he wants to stay, but I think money talks, and it's not necessarily the club might, the Khans might, a bit, a forty bit million pound bid might come in, and they might, it might turn their head just because you know, with financial fair play and all that. Yeah, a couple more questions just to finish off. Fulham HQ one hundred and one. Uh, what do you think the results will be in our last three games? So just quickly, how many points do you think Fulham will get out of the nine available in the last three games? Four. Four. Okay, so what's that? A win, a draw, and a loss. Yeah. Okay, I actually think we might get seven. I was going to say six, but I th- just feel like with as much card I forgot to play for, it could it could be a very tight affair and it could get draw. But I think, you know, our last home game of the season, our home to Newcastle, I think we will win. Uh, Wolves, I think because of that seventh place, and, you know, I think they're a very, very good side. We know that. You know, I, I know we, we, 
we 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 told them apart at home last season, but you know away it was quite grim. But obviously Johansson probably won't be playing false nine this time because he's on line at West Brom, unless he wants to play Anguissa up there. So I think yeah, it, I'm going to say four, but I I think four is sort of what the minimum I think people will be expecting. Yeah. I'm hoping with Cardiff, it's uh, reminiscent of when Norwich came to Fulham on the last game of uh, the 2005 and six season. We batted them 6-0, even though we had absolutely zero to play for and Zat Knight scored a worldie. So I'm hoping that Lamarchon bangs one in from the, out- from the outside of the box uh, and then we get a nice 6-0 win just to-, to leave Warnock and Co. crying all the way back to South Wales. And, and the final one from Nathan V17... How was Hong Kong? If you give it a rating out of out of out of ten, how was Hong Kong? Nine point five. Nine point five. What would it needed to be point five better? Oh, uh, if I could have woken up after my on my after my first night with not with a hangover and Fulham being relegated, that'd have been that'd been alright. But okay, you know, had the first night out in Hong Kong, woke up the next morning, oh, I thought being relegated. Although I was more annoyed, we conceded four to Watford than we were being relegated because obviously I accepted we were being relegated since Burnley away in January, but conceding four away to Watford, it just. That was that was that's what was more annoying. But yeah, that's, that's you can't that's, let Fulham put a dampener on your holidays, Dom. Otherwise, you'd never enjoy it. Oh no, I woke up and just started laughing. All oh, right, fair enough. That's pretty much the reaction uh, we had back here as well. Well, thank you very much for listening to Fulhamish today. As I mentioned earlier, we're gonna throw the pod name uh, to White Noise. Uh, the Bournemouth supremacy it was absolutely fantastic. So shout out to to White Noise on Twitter for that. Fulhamish is going to return. Uh, next week, Jack is going to be back on hosting duties. Unfortunately. Uh, well, <laughs> your words, not mine, Dom. Uh, Jack's going to be back on hosting duty on Monday. There'll also be a full-time, uh, some reaction to the Cardiff game, live from the Old Suffolk Punch pub as well. And hopefully we'll be talking about three wins in three. So all I need to do is thank Dom Betts for his contributions for the past hour or so. Been great, mate. And we will see you very, very soon. Have a good week. Come on, you whites.